Blessed is he who comes in the name of the
That's what we need to be declaring this morning is the greatness of our God. Amen. Amen. So, you know, things don't always work out like we like. Testify, you know, most of my life it seems like there's been things that haven't worked out like I would have wanted, but that's okay. It doesn't change who God is. It doesn't change what God is doing. It just changes our perspective on it all. I want to read you a passage out of Habakkuk 3. You probably heard this before, but I think it's appropriate for today. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, in the fields yield no food, and though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. I will join the God of my salvation. Yes. The Lord God is my strength. Yes. He will make my feet like deer's feet, Hallelujah. and he will make me walk on my high heels. Hallelujah. And I don't mean like high heels, but that's what it says. Hills, hills, like mountains. Excuse me. Yes. I'm a hick. What can I say? It's a pretty grim picture talking about, you know, there's no food, there's no crops, there's no livestock, everything's pretty much. <laughs> but he says, yet I will join the God of my salvation. That's what I want to encourage you to do today. We come together to worship the Lord. We don't come together to, to feel good. We don't come together to have everything our way. We come together to worship the Lord. Amen. 
We ought to be worshiping the Lord all the time. Yes. And so I just want to encourage you, no matter if you might be a little discouraged this week, we had multiple things going on this week that brought discouragement to us. We didn't get our way on several things, pretty major things this week. But we're not going to just be bummed out and sit around and pout and cry and whine. We're going to exalt the Lord yes, sir. because he's still worthy of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. So, Lord, this morning, we choose to worship you. Yes, Jesus. We choose to lay all of our cares at your feet Hallelujah. and enter into your presence with singing. Yes, Come before you worship you and lift up your name because you are worthy lord yes. you haven't changed you're still god yes, right. you're still on the throne Thank you, you never change your mercy and your mm. grace are there they are good yes. and they never fail Thank you, Jesus. Your mercy endures forever yes. lord we are going to rejoice in you this morning we're going to lift you, your name yes. so that we can come into your presence and be refreshed lord Thank you, Jesus. because we know when we lift you up yes. you will draw all men to you and we lift you up You'll come and you'll be here and you'll pour your spirit out on us and we can be changed and refreshed in your presence, transformed into your image, Lord. That's our desire this morning. It's not about us, but it's all about you this morning, Lord. So we choose to worship you. Receive our praise and worship. Come in all of your glory and fullness this morning, Lord, and move among us freely. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.
Bring on the waves. My God is stronger. Bring on the flood and open the gates. My God is stronger.
in your grace this morning. We recognize that in our own strength we are totally ill-equipped for the task at hand. In our personal lives and the, the lives of this body and the lives of this community, this state and this nation and the world, Lord, we need you. In our strength, we are weak and we're powerless. We don't know what to do, but Lord, in you in you and your provision your strength we can do all things because you strengthen us lord and you have offered us that new and living way that we can enter into your presence and be strengthened and be refreshed and be changed lord this morning that's our prayer in your presence transform us change us lord so that we would be like you we'd see like you hear like you speak like you and touch like you and respond like you that our lives would be all about hearing and obeying the Father these are, these are trying times for us Lord and we quite honestly most of us are just totally confused and yet we know in you you are our peace and this morning, I ask that you speak those words of peace that each of us needs to hear, Lord. Those words of comfort that each of us needs to hear. Those words of life, liberty, that we need to hear, Lord. That's why you came. You came to destroy the works of the devil, and you came to change us. You came to set us free, to restore sight to the blind. Lord, I thank you so much. You didn't leave us as orphans, but you came to us. Thank you for your great love. It never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out. Your love just keeps being poured out on us. Poured out on us like a rain that's coming down from heaven right into our very hearts and minds, filling us with your peace, filling us with your love and your mercy so that we can not just endure, but so that we can thrive in difficult times, that we can be overcomers in a messed up, broken world, that we can be light in darkness, that we can be the power of God to those who are desperate for a touch, that we can be hope for those who are discouraged and hopeless. 
Lord, let us as your people rise up to be the body of Christ that we've been called to be, that we wouldn't be grumblers or complainers, but we'd be lovers and blessers, that we wouldn't pick out the bad stuff, that we'd thrive and enjoy and talk about the good stuff, that we'd pick out what you promised instead of what the world says, that we'd begin to talk about your truth instead of what the news media is saying. Lord, help us to get our eyes on you. In all things, we want to trust you. We want to believe what you say. For there is a way that seems right to man, but the end of it is death, and I don't want to be following that way. I want to get off of that path and get on the path that leads to life. I want to speak life. I want to walk in life. I want to enjoy life. I want to have my eyes on you. I don't want to be distracted by the things of earth. I don't want to be distracted by the lies of the enemy. The circumstances that we face, they speak really loud sometimes, but your word is true. It's alive and it's powerful. Your word changes everything. Most of all, it changes our hearts so that we're not overcome by the circumstances of life. I thank you for that promise, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. We need to be refreshed this morning, Lord. We need to be invigorated by your spirit so that we go out of here enthusiastic, ready to face the, the challenges ahead, that we'd not shrink back and we'd not moan and cry and woe is me, but we'd say, hallelujah, our God reigns. We're going to rejoice in the God of our salvation for our Redeemer lives and he didn't leave us as, as orphans, but he came to us. Our eyes are on the hills from where our redemption comes, Lord. And I thank you that you've made promises to us that are, that are yes and amen to us, us who believe. We are in you, Lord. Your promises are yes and amen. They're not if or maybe, but it's yes and amen. So, Lord, thank you for the promise that you are with us. You never leave us or forsake us. Just like you spoke to your people. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Help us, Lord, to stand still. Help us to wait on you till we see your salvation. I thank you, Lord, that you've made a way. We don't have to make the way. We just have to follow the way. And you're leading. You're not just leading, but you got us by the hand. You're walking with us, leading us through that valley, shadow of death. You don't leave us in the middle. You don't drop us off to stay a while. You walk us through it. And I thank you for that, Lord. We don't know how long the journey is, but we know you're going to take us through to the other side. And I thank you for that. Hallelujah. Just enjoy the presence of the Lord. Let him speak to you.
There is a peace that only comes from the Lord. In everyday life, we get busy, we get distracted, we get carried to and fro with all the activities and the, the circumstances and difficulties we face. And we can just, if nothing else, just in our own heart and mind, just pull back. Pull back from all that hustle and bustle and just say, here I am, Lord. I just want to be in your presence for a moment. Speak that peace over me. And the Lord will come to you and he'll say, peace, be still in the midst of your storm. The storm may not stop, but the peace will overthrow it in your heart and mind. And I thank you, Lord, that that's what you want us to learn. Learn to walk in your peace. Learn to walk in your victory. Learn to walk in your provision, trusting in you. I realize my own flaws and failures, and I can't do it on my own, but in you, Lord, I can do all things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your peace, Lord. Thank you for times of refreshing that we experience in your presence. And I thank you that you invite us to come. We don't have to beg and plead, but you invite us to come, Lord. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, if you want to say something, get a microphone. We believe that the Lord speaks to us. He speaks to us in multiple ways. He speaks through his word. He speaks to us through people. He speaks to us through the teachings and preaching of the word. And so... Mitch has got something he wants to share with us. So this is what the Lord is speaking to me, for me, and probably a lot of us in here could use it. Um, <clears throat> sometimes I'm better at preaching than I am practicing. <laughs> and uh, so this is what he spoke to me. Let, and, uh, uh, John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And so let not your heart be troubled. That's what he's speaking to me right now. And this is what we have to look forward to. That's why we need to not let our heart be troubled. And he says also that I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. And I've been guilty of letting my mind drift. And I've lost that perfect peace. But he's bringing me back to it right now. Some of you may be the same, in the same shape. And, I, and that's what he's saying to you. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on me. Let not your heart be troubled. Amen. The struggles of this life are not to be compared with that eternal weight of glory that waits for us. We think about the eternal things, kind of changes all of our perspective and the stuff we go through now, it may seem overwhelming and impossible to walk through and yet in the light of eternal things, it's really not that big of a deal. It's hard to, hard to convince your mind of that when you're going through the battle in the heat of the battle, all you see is the, is the flame and the smoke and the, the pain and the fatigue. And yet God is saying, 
I've got something for you that is greater than you can think or comprehend. It's beyond all of your understanding, and you're only going to be able to understand it and know it when you experience it. But he's revealing it to us through his word, letting us have hope that the future is going to be better. So thank you, Lord, for the encouragement of your presence, the encouragement of your word. We stand in you. Our hope is only in you, Jesus. If we have hope in this life, we're just, of all people, most miserable. We have hope of eternal life, hope of eternal glory, hope that all things are going to be better. There is a day coming that's going to be better. There's not going to be any more tears. There's not going to be any more sorrow. There's not going to be any more pain or suffering. All that is going to be past. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that promise. We rejoice in that, Lord. We get our eyes on you this morning and rejoice in your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for refreshing us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, worship team. Isn't God good? Man. I could do that for a while. Just be in his presence. You know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of uncertainty in our world right now. But... We don't need to focus on that. We need to focus on the Lord. It's the, it's the same as it's always been. You know, my wife had cancer about 15 years ago, and there was this sweet little nurse that had been taking care of us all week, and the uh, doctor came in and said, you got cancer, you know, and we were all just kind of in shock, and he walked out, and the nurse walked in, and she said, you know, God was in charge before a doctor came in, and God's still in charge after he's gone out. And he said, it's the same God. You've been in his hands the whole time. It didn't take the cancer away, but I tell you what, it gave us a new way of looking at things. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. You know, get, get your eyes on the Lord. If you focus on all the negative, you're going to be depressed and discouraged because there's plenty of negative. There's always been plenty of negative. You can go all the way back to the time when Christ was walking here as a person. There was plenty of negative. That's why the children of Israel, you know, when Jesus came, I mean, they wanted to be delivered. They didn't want to just have some future king. They wanted a king right now because their circumstances were awful. And our circumstances are awful too a lot of times. And we want deliverance right now. We want it now. Sometimes we've got to learn just to live with it because that is what the gospel is all about. It's God's grace in you. It's changing you, making you able to endure the things that you can't change. And believe me, the early church, they endured way more than we are going to endure in this country, most likely. I mean, they were being eaten by lions and everything else. And uh, I don't think they're going to bring lions out uh, we might, we might get uh, killed in other ways, but I doubt they're going to use lions. I don't know a whole lot rather just get shot or something than to get eaten by a lion. <laughs> anyway, I'm not trying to give you discouraging words. I'm just saying 
This is nothing new. The church has always experienced difficulties, but the church has always overcome, and we're going to overcome as well. <clears throat> so you got bulletins, and it has all the announcements in there. Uh, I do have a couple of things I want to say. Uh, we had a memorial service for Carlos and Elaine uh, this week and celebrated Elaine's life. And Carlos wanted to say a special thanks, he and his family, to all of you that supported them by coming and you supported them by cooking and preparing food and serving and cleaning and all that. You made me proud as a pastor. Appreciate it. She died of uh, leukemia. She had, and she was only sick for about six weeks. It was, uh, yeah, 28th. So it was, uh, that was one of these things that we weren't expecting that result. You know, we weren't expecting that result. We weren't expecting the, the results we got on Tuesday. There's a lot of things that we don't expect in life. But that doesn't change who God is, and it doesn't change how God can work, because God can still accomplish his plan and purpose. If the circumstances don't work out like we want, that doesn't mean that all all bets are off. It just means we have to readjust. And we've got to make, make a plan moving forward. So we've got uh, some things coming up. The Mobile Food Bank is coming up uh, December 19th in the Center of Hope. You can talk to Bonnie about that. We also, if you saw when you came in this morning, that beautiful tree, Lori Goley and Dan were up here. They, they put all that together for us for our uh, angel tree. And... Uh, if you have not done that before, it's real simple. There's some cards out there. Pick one, buy a gift. It tells you exactly how to do it. It's got the dates on there. Laura, you want to add anything to that? Okay. All right, so if you've got more questions, you can ask Lori about it or ask somebody else that's done it before. Uh, yeah, don't give them a ham. You know, kids don't really like food. They want toys. They want clothes and things that they need. So uh, you guys will do fine with that. We've always done fine with that. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to dismiss the uh, children. If there's, Amber, are you doing that? Yes, sir. All right. Go have fun. And then... Uh, <clears throat> oh, sorry, I got, I got hot. My wife's over telling me, button your shirt. <laughs> I need a piece of black carpet to put in there so I look cool, but uh, anyway. <clears throat> Hey, I, I could do all that and I still wouldn't be cool. <laughs> but I have fun. You can't take that away. So uh, also next week we have a special, uh, a special deal. We have a, a missionary couple, Daniel and Yolanda Rivera. They're coming to us uh, and they're going to share what they're going to be doing in Puerto Rico. They're fixing to deploy for the first time 
and we're excited about that because they are from Katy, Texas, and they will be a missionary couple from our district as Foursquare missionaries, and so I'm excited about the opportunity to be able to support someone that's, that's from around here and someone that we know. So uh, tell a friend, next week's going to be fun. They're going to come and they're going to preach and talk about their vision for that, that ministry. Okay, now I'm going to share some scriptures with you. And uh, the title of today's message is uh, Watching or Sleeping? Watching or Sleeping? And I'm not going to tell you what you've been doing. You can figure it out as we go. Um, I know what I've been doing some of the time, and uh, I know what I need to be doing some of the time, and I'm sure you'll have the same thing. But before I get into the message, I want to read one more passage to you to encourage you uh, <clears throat> with, and I know, you know, if, if you wanted the election to come out differently, you know, you're, you, that's all you're thinking. That's all you're hearing the news, and, you know, you're grabbing on to every, every little bit of, you know, we're going to, we're not going to give in, we're going to sue, and we're going to fight, and, you know, fine, you know, keep praying, keep believing, I'm not telling you don't. But let me tell you something that God's Word says. Zechariah 9, this is talking about the coming of Jesus, says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So that's the way Jesus came, right? He entered into Jerusalem. He rode in on a little donkey. And then the next verse says, And I will cut off the chariot of Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bowls shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. And his dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the rivers to the end of the earth. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. Well, you can focus on all the negative, and you can focus on all the bad stuff, and all the things that you didn't get, but this is what God is saying to his people. I've made a covenant with you. My covenant is sure. I'm going to perform my part of the covenant. Will you just trust me? And if we will enter into that, then you'll be in a position where God can begin to pour out that double portion on you and you can be blessed and you can experience what he wants to do in your life. If you want to hang on to the negative, walk in that and grumble and gripe and complain, then that's probably what you're going to live and that's probably what you're going to get. But if you begin to proclaim the truth of God's word, you'll begin to see those things happening in your life. And so I just want to encourage you. Jesus has already provided the salvation that we need. He's already said, my dominion is going to be from everlasting to everlasting, from the rivers to the sea. There's not going to be the end of it. I've already got it. I've already won it. It's done. Our job is just to believe that and walk in that. So don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. And you may have to tell yourself that over and over again. David, in one of his worst times, he, the scripture says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Basically, it's kind of like, hey, you know, wake up. 
Get right. Get your attitude right. Because God is, God is still God. He's still on the throne. And even though things look discouraging and bleak and not like we wanted, God is still God. And he, he can still save. He can still deliver. It may not look like we thought it was going to look. That doesn't mean that he's still not going to do exactly what he's going to do. We just have to adjust and move on. Do you think the early church was expecting Jesus to die? No. The disciples were totally freaked out. I mean, they had their eyes on, completely focused on, we got a king, it's all going to be good. Man, he's going to overthrow the Romans, and it's all going to look different. And it didn't work out that way. They had to adjust. And yet, look what happened. The whole world has been changed forever because of what Jesus did, and, and it didn't look anything like they thought. So don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. Encourage yourself in the Lord daily. Keep telling yourself what God says. Try not to tell yourself what the, what the world is saying because the world is going to give you all the negative stuff that you can stand and more. Okay. So are you watching or sleeping? Matthew 26, beginning verse 36, is our, our text. And they've just, they've just experienced the, uh, the Passover. It's right before Jesus is fixing to be taken away and put on trial and crucified. And he, he takes them out after their supper. And they came to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that would be James and John, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible... Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, What? Or so, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Watching or sleeping? The word for watching or watch as it was used here is a Greek word. It's uh, Gregoriuo. Say that three times real fast. Gregoriuo. And it means to watch. It also means to keep awake and to be vigilant. Now, I think Jesus was being real clear when he was talking to his disciples. 
He was saying, you need to keep awake. You need to be vigilant. You need to be watching because things are happening now that you need to observe, you need to learn, you need to experience. Um, Jesus had 12 disciples that followed him closely. And then he had a larger crowd that followed, but they, you know, they weren't with him maybe day and night all the time because he sent out the 12 to go and do ministry. And then later he sent out 70 to go and do ministry. So we know that he had, he had a lot of followers, and some of them were, were serious followers. They spent a lot of time with him. But he had these three that were like an inner circle, and he, he invited them to participate in things that the others didn't get to participate in. I don't really know why exactly. The Scripture doesn't say why he did that. I don't want to make some big doctrine out of it or anything, but I would just say that it's probably because he saw something in them a little different than the rest of them. He saw that they were more able to accept a greater challenge or a uh, deeper calling. Maybe they, were, maybe they were just a little more sensitive to the things of the Lord. He saw something in them, and he chose them and said, Come, I want, I want you to experience this with me. So he told the twelve, he said, Just sit here while I go pray. And then he told Peter, James, and John, Come with me, and you guys, I want you to watch and pray. I want you to stay here and watch and pray. I'm going to go over here and pray. It's interesting that Jesus told his followers that he said, I only say the thing that I hear the Father saying and I only do the things that I see the Father doing. And yet, I believe in his private times of prayer, which he prayed often, and sometimes it was hours, and sometimes it was all night. I mean, he often spent time in prayer. I believe in those times of prayer is when he learned what the Father's will was. That's when he understood what the Father was saying and doing, and that's why he knew in his daily activities, he knew what to do because he was in touch with the Father. In this instance, I'm pretty sure he knew he was going to die pretty sure he knew exactly what was going to happen and yet he showed those three disciples something that was different than he showed everybody else he showed them something that they probably didn't really understand but the way you find out God's will is by spending time praying and seeking his will you don't just always just figure it out, you know, instantly. Sometimes you have, to, you have to spend some time getting to know the Father, spend some time in his presence. So Jesus was praying a prayer that was, I mean, on the surface, it sounds like it was against God's will because he was saying, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. I think when he was at the point of experiencing the spiritual separation from God that he knew was coming. I think the thought of that was just so awful and so horrific to him that he was, he was just asking, you know, Lord, 
is there some, is there some other way? But not, not my way, your way. You know, it's okay to ask things that you want. You may not get the answer that you want, but it's okay to ask. Once you figure out what God is saying about a situation, then you need to get on board and you need to say, okay, your will be done. You know, I asked. You gave me a different answer. Your will be done. I'm going forward. Peter and James and John had this great opportunity to experience something that nobody else did. They got to see Jesus in his probably his most human moment of anguish. He literally was sweating drops of blood. And he said, I'm exceedingly sorrowful, even in the death. I mean, that literally meant, I am so sorry, I, I think I'm dying. I mean, just physically dying. That's how he felt. And it wasn't because he was afraid of, of the physical death. It wasn't because he was afraid of the suffering or the humiliation. It's because he was afraid of that separation he was going to have to experience. Those moments when he was on the cross, when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That moment that he took our sins and became our sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. It was in that moment that he was separated from God that he experienced the wrath of God. I mean, he experienced it. He knew what was coming, and he still went through it and did it for us. And when he was preparing his heart and he was praying, he allowed Peter and James and John to experience that moment with him to the extent that they would because their eyes were tired. They kind of missed out on, on a lot of that experience because their eyes were heavy. You ever had tired eyes? kind of funny ironic I guess I should say Thursday night I was reading over this passage and I was trying to you know start putting my thoughts down and it was after dinner and I'd eaten and I was full and I was tired and I was reading and I was nodding out you know I was thinking man I got tired eyes I can relate I've got tired eyes eventually I finally just gave it up and so you know I, I just I'm gonna have to just go to bed I can't do this we all have tired eyes from time to time. We're human. The disciples were no different. But the call of, of the Lord is for us to come to him, give ourselves fully to him, and to bring our physical body into subjection so that it obeys our spiritual man, not vice versa. Jesus said you should love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And same thing about your flesh. Your flesh has no ability to love God. In your flesh dwells no good thing. And so your flesh just needs to be brought into subjection. And I'm not encouraging you to, to do like some people in church history. You know, they call themselves what, flagellates or something. You know, they... They whip themselves, you know, to, to punish themselves. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm just saying, but you have to bring your body into subjection. You cannot let your flesh dictate your life. Because if you do, you will be going down a path that is not 
a path of spiritual victory. Because your flesh is just not going to honor God in its own, in its own natural way. You have to bring it in subjection. That means bring it into control. Discipline your body so that, that it sleeps when you tell it to sleep. It eats when you tell it to eat. It dances when you tell it to dance. It raises its hands when you tell it to. You do. Those are all things that you have to tell your body to do. It doesn't just do those things on its own. I mean, it may want to do those things. You know, every Sunday morning, I'm sitting up here, and my body's wanting to dance. I'm saying, no, that's not cool. Hold on. Keep your seat. One of these days, I may just cut loose and do it. Hey, you want more to watch, so because I'm not a very good dancer. But I have fun. I will rejoice in the Lord. My body wants to rejoice sometimes. Other times, my body wants to rebel, and it doesn't want to rejoice. When I'm trying to get myself encouraged in the Lord, sometimes my body is saying, I'm tired. My eyes are tired. I'd just rather go to sleep. I'd rather watch a movie. I'd rather, you know, go hunting or fishing or, you know, whatever. I mean, there's always plenty of other activities. Watch a ball game. And those activities are not bad. I'm not saying that. It's just sometimes you just have to say no. Isn't there a slogan that says something like that about drugs? Just say no. Sometimes you have to just tell your body no. Your body's saying, feed me. And you just need to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do without food for a little while because I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek the Lord. Your body is saying, go to bed, let me sleep. And you need to say, no, I have things to do. I have spiritual things to do. I need to pray. I need to read the Word. I need to spend some time with my family, whatever it might be. There are times that you just need to tell your body, no. Well, the disciples had tired eyes. And it wasn't the first time they'd had tired eyes. And I'm sure their lives were busy because hanging out with Jesus was not a life of luxury. He spent all day and all night doing spiritual things. He walked with the Lord. I mean, he slept some. You know, some nights he didn't sleep. Many, many times the Scripture tells us that he was up in the early hours praying or he prayed all night, or he was off by himself praying. That's how he knew what God wanted, because he spent time seeking the Lord. So when the disciples tried to keep up with him, they weren't, they weren't spiritually mature enough and fit enough to be able to do that and maintain all that. They weren't walking in the vigor of the fullness of the Lord like Jesus was, and so they would do all these physical things, you know, and they'd, they'd be... They'd be tired, you know. He'd be telling them stories and they'd be nodding out, you know. That's just the way it was, the way we are, all right? Uh, you know, some of you are nodding out right now. It's not because I'm boring, necessarily. It's because you're tired. I understand. It happens. We're all subject to being fatigued physically. But we need to learn to control our body. We need to bring our bodies into subjection. Not let our bodies dictate everything about our lives. The disciples, they had another opportunity uh, in the uh, transfiguration. Jesus took the same three, Peter, James, and John. And in, and in Matthew, when it talks about it, you know, 
Jesus is there, and you know he's transfigured, and he's becoming this brilliant light. And here's Elijah and Moses, and they're talking, and and it says that Peter woke up, and he kind of came to, and he saw what was going on. And it's like, Lord, yeah, huh, 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 how about we build three? Uh, we'll build three tabernacles right quick, you know, one for you, one for them, and, and uh, you know, he, I mean, he almost missed out on the entire experience. And you know what it says? It said his eyes were heavy. See, they hadn't, hadn't come to the place where they could discipline their bodies and control their physical bodies. They were trying. You know, they were trying to do. Jesus said, come up here with me. I got something for you, something special. And they were there. But along the way, they... <laughs> you ever watch the Three Stooges? Yeah. They, you know, they just they couldn't handle it physically. They fell asleep. Throughout the scripture, uh, God has given men opportunities to experience him and experience special things. And some guys and gals figure it out, and they enter right in, and others, their eyes are heavy, and they miss out on a lot of it. Peter and James and John they didn't get everything in those experiences that they should have, but they were learning all along the way. So Jesus said, watch. Watch with me. He wanted them to watch and pray. He wanted them to watch and learn. He wanted them to, to watch so that they could do. And when he called them aside and said, you know, I want you to experience some of the things that I'm experiencing so that later in life you will know how to deal with this sort of thing. You'll know how to find God's will. You'll know how to bring your body into subjection. You might not ever sweat drops of blood, but you're going to go through anguish. You're going to go through difficult times. You need to know. You need to watch now so that you'll know how to go through these same kind of trials and struggles in your own life and come through victorious. Now, the preceding chapters in, in Matthew, there were three different parables or stories that Jesus told. And they were emphasizing the very same thing that you need to watch. The first one is the parable of the ten virgins. Five were wise and five were foolish. And the whole point of the story is that you need to be watching and ready, right? Because you don't know exactly when everything is going to happen. You just need to be ready. So five virgins, had, they had their lamps and they had their oil. They were ready to go. And then the other five had their lamps, but they didn't have the oil. And it says that they slept and they slumbered. Two different words, one for slept and one for slumbered. One of them means to just sleep normally, and the other means to be like nodding out and kind of like delirious, more, more like you're just you're losing consciousness. And I'm pretty sure that's what was happening. Those, those foolish virgins, they were nodding out, and they, weren't, they just weren't with it. They weren't ready. But the wise, they had been watching and learning their entire lives. They knew exactly the sort of thing that was going to happen. They knew when you go to a, a wedding that at some point the bridegroom's going to come, and when he comes, they're going to announce, Woohoo! the bridegroom's here and everybody's going to jump up and go and it's going to be a big celebration. And if you're not watching, you're going to miss. 
And so that's what happened. Five of them went. They enjoyed it. Doors were closed. Then the other five came after they got their oil, and it's like, hey, let us in. Sorry. Party's already started, and you can't come in. It says there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, the next story is about the parable of the talents. Very similar. The king said, I'm going to go away on a long journey, giving ten talents to you, giving five talents to you, giving one to you. And, you know, and he said, I'm going to come back. When he came back, you know, one of them had done great, doubled it. The other one had done great. He had doubled it. One of them said, I knew what kind of man you were. And so I just hit it in the ground. And it was not a good ending of that story. I mean, think about that. What he's saying is, I was watching your life, the way you do business. I watched for all these years, and yet I chose just to bury it instead of do business like you do. Going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The final story is about the judgment of nations. He talks about sheep and goat nations. And he judges them based on this one quality. He said, you, when you saw me naked and hungry, and in prison, you either did or didn't feed me and clothe me and, and come and visit me. And they said, well, Lord, when did we ever see you like that? And he said, well, as much as you did it to other people, you've done it to me. What he's really saying is there, you've been watching me for these three years. All of you people following me have been watching me. Are you going to learn? Are you going to do what I've been doing? Or are you just going to do your own thing? And again, weeping and gnashing of teeth. You don't want to miss out on the things that the Lord is showing you and revealing to you. There's an opportunity for us to watch and learn. Opportunity for us to experience things that, that only can happen in the presence of the Lord. But we have to be willing to watch and pray. Now, over and over again, Jesus made the point that we need to be ready for his return, and we need to be watching and standing, ready to do the things that he's told us to do. Now, after Jesus went to be with the Lord, want to be with the Father again and glorified. Um, the early church was born and they came alive and these same people who had the tired eyes, they were the leaders of the church. Somewhere between those experiences, and I, I would offer to you that it was the Pentecostal experience that changed them, because they became full of the Spirit. They began to experience that fullness of the Lord like Jesus had walked in, and that changed them. It gave them the ability to walk more victoriously and to control themselves more and to let the Lord speak to them in a more clear way. But as they began to lead the church, all those things that they had watched and seen, they began to repeat. 
They begin to heal people. They begin to preach the gospel. They begin to serve. Uh, they, they set up a whole, a whole system of deacons that serve uh, orphans and widows and people that needed help. Uh, at the beginning, they had all things in common to take care of people who were, who were from far away that had come and they were there and they, and they needed help because they were staying longer than they planned. The early church began to do all the things that Jesus had done when he walked and did his ministry. But it's because they had watched and they had learned, and, they had, and then they were in a position to begin to do. Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So he calls us aside, and he's asking us to watch and learn. We need to learn from the Lord, learn to be like him. And when we learn to be like him, we begin to do the things that he did. That's what he said. Greater things than these you're going to do in my name because I go to the Father. I mean, we're supposed to be like him. And if we're like him, we will do the things that he did. And even greater because there's millions of us instead of one of him. You know, we're not going to raise any more dead, you know, than he did necessarily, but because there's millions of Christians, the opportunity is greater for us to do greater works. But we have to learn from him. 1 Corinthians 16, Paul said, watch, same word, watch, keep awake, be vigilant. And then he says, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. I would just encourage you today in regard to this election. Keep awake. Be vigilant. Watch. Stand fast. Be strong. It doesn't matter the outcome of the election. Well, I mean, it, it matters, but what really matters is you, how you respond to it. Because you can either be defeated or you can be victorious regardless of who wins the election or who loses the election, regardless of if uh, our whole nation changes and we're, you know, the church begins to suffer persecution or whatever, the church has always suffered persecution. If that happens, it's going to be a great revival because that's when all the great revivals happen, when persecution breaks out. You know, I'm not asking for it, but if that's what happens, then so be it. God's grace is still sufficient and we can, we can survive and thrive in God's strength and grace. Watch and learn. First, uh, Thessalonians 5, verse 1. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the light nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as the helmet of hope of salvation. 
We need to be sober and alert. And I, I don't think I've got the verse here, but uh, Peter actually says, the same Peter who had the tired eyes, the heavy eyes, the one that missed out on some opportunities, the same Peter, after many years, him walking with the Lord and suffering persecution, he, he said, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, is walking around like a roaming lion looking for whom he can devour. We need to learn to watch. Watch all the time. Keep awake. And I'm not saying physically you can't sleep. I'm just saying you need to be alert, be vigilant, because there are things that we need to be watching for. There are clues like flashing neon lights going off when God is saying, here is the way, walk in it. And we need to be ready to do that. There are other times where we see the flashing light and it's like, that is the devil and he's trying to steal and destroy everything that God is doing. He wants to kill you. Flee from that. We have to be vigilant and watch. We've got to keep awake. The last scripture I want to read to you, worship team, y'all can come back. To the angel, this is in Revelation 3, 1, of the church in Sardis, right? These things, says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful. Strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. The call is for us to watch. I mean, you can be the greatest Christian in the world, but you still are supposed to be watching, and you're still supposed to be praying, you're still supposed to be learning, and you're still supposed to be doing the things that the Lord has given us to do. And maybe, maybe you're immature as a believer. Maybe you're new as a Christian. Maybe, maybe you've not really applied yourself. The call now is to begin to watch and pray and learn so that you can do. You've got to start watching. Because if you don't, things are going to happen that catch you off guard. And it's not going to be pretty. But when you're watching, you're prepared. Because you know, you know everything that the Lord is saying and doing. You're hearing His voice. He didn't call the disciples over to watch with him and pray just out of the blue. He spent two or three days before telling them these stories about the ten virgins, the stories about the, the ten talents, the stories about the judgment of the nations. He was telling them about watching. And then he gives them a chance to do it. And what do they do? <laughs> Tired eyes. Time has come for us to wake up. Keep awake, be vigilant, and watch. Because God has a call, and God wants us to do things. Now it's time for us to rise up and be the body of Christ. We are like we are right now in this nation because the body of Christ has been sleeping and slumbering, and we've had tired eyes, 
and we've not watched and we've not learned and we've not done, it's time we rise up and be the body of Christ. Let's worship the Lord. Thank you that you want to make things new in us. All things new. Not just some. Not just the things that we want to be new, but Lord, the things that you want to make new. 
Now I confess, Lord, that I've had tired eyes lots of times. And I've not watched like I should have. So I confess, Lord, and I repent. And I invite you folks to do the same. No one gets it right all the time. But I want to get it right more and more and more. I want to learn to watch. I want to watch and pray and watch and learn so that I can watch and do. I've read the Gospels. I've seen what Jesus did. I know what he said he wanted us to do. So I want to watch and learn and do. If that's your prayer, then just where you are right now, would you just make that commitment to the Lord and just say, Lord, I'm, I'm tired, of, tired of sleeping when I ought to be watching. Help me to keep awake mentally and spiritually and emotionally and physically. I want to bring my body into subjection. I want to bring my mind and my thoughts into captivity to your obedience, Lord Jesus. I want you to renew my mind. Help me to begin to think your word. Begin to watch and learn and do the things that you've called me to do. That I'd not be like I was when I came in this morning, but I'd go out changed because I'm committing myself in a new way to be made new in every way, every part of my life that I would begin to watch and learn and do the way you've called me to. In Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. Well, he still is on the throne. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <coughs> Woo! Yeah. He's still on the throne. How about that? Hallelujah. You know, God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. Don't go out of here all discouraged and beat down. Go out of here excited. Hallelujah. Everything is in front of us. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. Hallelujah. So don't go out of here all beat up and discouraged. Go out of here excited. Amen. What is God going to do? Let's watch. See what God does. Amen? Amen. Amen. So if you don't know the Lord, don't leave without meeting him today. You can come. Come down here. We'll pray with you. It's real simple. Just invite him to come be your Savior and your Lord. Confess your sins. Let him come and live in your heart. And let me bless you then. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. Yes. Go and be blessed in the name Amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be the light. Hallelujah. Be the salt. Watch and pray. Learn and do. Let's go change our world. We can do that. That's our call. Change the world. Turn it upside down. That's what the early church did. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.